Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am your hostess, Kim Peake, and I'm a running and triathlon coach and a breast cancer survivor turned breast cancer exercise specialist. It is my goal with this podcast to give you ideas and information that will help you live your best life. Follow me on all social media at Power of Run and visit my website for freebies and to gain access to my courses. You can go to www.crushingmygoals.com to get access to all of the great information I have there. Today, I want to start out with a quote, and I think it's one that you might recognize. You know, Sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery, and I promise you something great will come of it. This is one of my favorite quotes from the movie We Bought a Zoo, which was first an internationally best-selling memoir of a man named Benjamin Mee, who bought a zoo that was falling apart and then moved his family there. If you haven't seen the movie, you have to see the movie. It's, it's just so heartwarming and inspiring at the same time. There's a great scene at the end of the movie where he takes his kids to the place where he had met their mother, who is at this point in the movie not, no longer living, and he acts out the scene where he first got up the courage to talk to her using his 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery. I like this quote because... Just think about all the greatness we could achieve if we each pushed our fears aside for just 20 seconds and just did or said whatever it was that was on our mind. Now, I'm not talking about mean things like yelling at the waiter because your order is messed up or yelling at your kid's teacher because you didn't agree with how they scored their big important essay or flipping off that driver who cut you off as you turned into the grocery store parking lot as you were madly trying to dash in to buy donuts to take to that meeting at work that you were already late for. I'm not talking about the mean things that are on your mind that you would like to say, but those things that you always wish you had the courage to do, those things you wish you had the guts or after the fact said, oh, I wish I would have said or done this. I'm talking about 20 seconds of insane bravery that allow us to do those little things like take risks, step out of our comfort zones, and follow the dreams in our hearts. When I said that, what came to mind for you? Is there a dream in your heart that you've been waiting to act on that you're afraid that somebody's going to make fun of? Is there something that you wanted to post on social media this morning that you were in? afraid of how people were going to react to, why is it that we are afraid to start new things or speak our mind? Why are we afraid to show people who we really are? Where does this fear come from? Often, it's the fear that we will be judged by someone important to us. And sometimes we worry about being judged by people that we don't really care about at all. This reminds me of a story from many, many years ago when I was a fifth grader. I loved playing my guitar. 
and most of the adults in my world at the time listened to country music and bluegrass music, and we used to have great fun. We had a clog dancing club at our school, and our two teachers, my music teacher and our fifth grade teacher, taught us all, a group of us, how to clog dance. And on weekends, we would go to their bluegrass festivals with them, and we would dance, and our parents would go. And it was just a great community, neighborhood thing to do. Anyway, so at that time in my life, this is kind of what we did for fun with some of the kids in our class, some of the parents in our neighborhood. And I had just discovered John Denver. He was the first singer that I remember picking out all on my own and deciding that I loved his music. And so it's the first one I chose on my own without telling, without anybody else telling me who I was supposed to like. This was my own decision. And this was back when Kiss was big and when most of the kids around me were listening to Kiss. I got my first guitar and was obsessed with learning how to play pretty much any John Denver song that I could get my hands on. That year, we went to Disney World for the first time, and we were allowed to pick out one souvenir each. That's all we got. My brothers all picked out Mickey Mouse ears and Donald Duck hats, and I went to the music store in the mall, and what I chose for my big Florida vacation souvenir was the music from John Denver's new, at the time, I Want to Live album. That was what I loved. But the kids at school made fun of me for listening to the so-called wrong kind of music. And I remember one day my mom had to be somewhere else. And so instead of taking me to my guitar lesson and driving me like she always did, I had to walk with my guitar just a few blocks up this hill to my lesson. And as I walked to my lesson, there was a group of older kids standing on the corner and they made fun of me. As I walked past. And I remember being so scared of these big kids who were saying mean things. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, looking back now at the time, it probably was a little bit amusing. This little tiny girl with the acoustic guitar walking up the hill with this case that was probably about as long as I was tall. But over time, all this teasing got to me, and I quit playing. I decided my voice wasn't good enough to sing, and that was pretty much the end of anything music-related for me. And what's sad about this to me is that one year before, as a fourth grader, I had told my parents that I wanted to be a music teacher, and I started taking guitar lessons because I knew I wanted to, or I needed to, learn how to play a few instruments if I was going to be a music teacher. Yes, in fourth grade, I had already started researching my career options, and I was positive this was the path for me. So this is my dream as a fourth, fifth, and sixth grader. And then I let all of that negativity, all of that teasing get into my head. And the stupid thing was, I had the support of the people who are the most important people to a fourth grader, my parents. And I let the people who were teasing me get into my head. And these were people who I really didn't care about at all. Like, I still don't even get why I cared about what they had to say because their opinions really were worthless. There was, they had no place, these people had no place in my life. 
I think it's interesting to go back and look at different times in my life and think about now, think about how that fear of what people thought, what other people thought, affected the decisions that I have made in my life. Because who cares what other people think? This is your life. Be you. Make decisions that you are proud of, that pursue things that you want to pursue. It's your life, and you shouldn't let the stupid comments that other people make sway you in any way if this is something, if whatever it is, is something that you care about. How do we get out of our heads so we can begin to take that leap, to step out of our comfort zone for that 20 seconds of insane courage? First, remember, you are enough. You've probably seen this quote before. You are enough. You are so enough. It's unbelievable how enough you are. I tried to find who originally said this because it's always listed without attribution. And the first time I saw it or heard it, it was from one of my daughters. One of her Broadway idols, Sierra Bogus, has a whole section on her website about what it means to be enough. And I actually really love that she talks about this and talks about what it means to be enough because so many young performers look up to her. And, and I always wonder what would happen if we could help everyone understand that they really are enough just by existing, just by being who they are. If all of the kids in high schools and in our middle schools really truly believed they are enough, what would that do to the high school suicide rate? Our area where we live really, really has a suicide problem. And so I guess I find myself looking at things through that lens often. Like I know that exercise is something that helps people feel better, helps improve grades, helps improve just so many aspects of our mind, in addition to helping with anxiety and depression. And so I wonder like if all of our schools would start an exercise program in the beginning of the day, or if all of our schools had kids exercise at the top of the hour for just a few minutes, what would that do with depression rates? What would that do to our suicide rate? And and I find myself looking at this the same way. If we could somehow get all kids, all people to understand that they are enough just as they are, could that affect our suicide rate? I don't know. It's just something that I think of once in a while. But what does this phrase really mean? What does it mean to be enough? To me, it says, love yourself as you are. You are enough. You, with all your imperfections, with all your insecurities, you are enough. You are enough just because you are you. We get so many messages from the world telling us we are not good enough. We aren't a good student, a good friend, a good child. And the littlest things can stick with us for a lifetime, even if that little thing was not meant in a negative way at all. So another story from my childhood. I remember always getting positive feedback and being rewarded because I had good grades. Being the smart kid was part of who I was. It was part of just how I thought my parents valued me. And I went 
all the way through grade school, never missing a word on a spelling test. And I put all this pressure on myself to get good grades. And I'm not blaming this for my parents because they were so supportive of me and everything that I ever wanted. So I'm not blaming my parents. I'm using this as an example of how sometimes even those little things that we don't even think mean anything in somebody else's mind can blow up and become this huge thing. So my parents really never expected perfection from me, but somewhere along the way, I began to think that they would be disappointed with anything less than perfect grades. And my perfectionism in this area was so bad that at one point when I was in college, I changed a class, it was a children's literature class, to pass-fail because I was going to get a B plus and I couldn't have that bad grade on my transcript. And looking back at this now, I think this is like totally insane, but that's how my brain worked. It was not acceptable to me to get a B plus. It had to be an A because whoever was not going to think I was smart enough. So I've dialed this back, I think. I've been successful at this as I've gotten older. I make mistakes in my hurry to get out blog posts and podcasts. My house is a mess. My, you know, my dishes sit in the sink overnight, whatever. I find joy in learning and sharing, not in being, not in the perfection. And so I think I'm a recovering perfectionist at this point. But it's just an example of how those, even the tiny messages that we hear can grow into these huge things. So I'm not saying this because I want you to be careful about what you say to your kids. Although if you say negative things to your kids, you maybe want to take a look at that. But I am telling you maybe if you find that you have some of these things, these quirks, these things that you do that hold you back, maybe take a look at where those thoughts originated. What in your past made you start thinking that way or behaving that way and see if you can go all the way to the to your past if you can identify it then maybe you can start making some changes so that you understand that you are enough just how you are you don't have to be anybody else's version of perfect i think this is an example of something we need to be aware of as we raise our kids And something we need to be aware of with ourselves. Where does our own fear come from? We are taught to compare ourselves at a young age. So it's no wonder that we grow up afraid to take risks or to try two things or to try new things or to show the world who we really are. But this also doesn't mean we should settle or be mediocre. To me, you are enough means that we all have greatness inside of us. We don't need to prove ourselves to anyone else. We need to be true to ourselves and to our own goals and our own dreams. We are enough just as we are to go after what we want without needing the approval of anyone else. You are enough because there is no such thing as perfection. You might try and try and try to be perfect, but there is no such thing. Because we are human, we are flawed. And so we just need to accept that and accept who we are and be happy being who we are. You are enough because there is only one you. 
unique with ideas and experiences and insight that no one else has. You are enough because you get up every day and put your heart into whatever brings you joy. You are enough because you wake up each day with the capacity to learn and grow and change. That's what makes us human. You are enough because you are following your own dreams and you don't need the approval of your parents, neighbors, classmates, or the guy in the cubicle next to you. If you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, this is something he talks about a lot. If you don't, for those of you who don't know who Gary is, he has a great podcast called The Gary V Show, The Gary V Audio Experience, whatever it's called. Anyway, look him up, Gary V, on your iTunes podcast. He is fabulous. He was born in Belarus and immigrated to the U.S. with his family at the age of three. He lived with his extended family, I think it was his parents and his grandparents and some siblings, in just a small, tiny apartment. He didn't love school. He talks now about how he was actually a very, very bad student. But what he loved was buying and selling baseball cards. And when he was 14, he started to work in his dad's liquor store. After college, he turned that business into what is now a $60 million a year business. And Gary is a serial entrepreneur He owns lots of businesses. He invests in lots of businesses. He's a social media genius, marketing genius. Anyway, he has lots of great thoughts on so many things. But one of the things he reminds his followers of repeatedly is that they don't need the approval of anyone. And he says we shouldn't judge ourselves for our past mistakes. He said in a recent post, if you are judging yourself for your own mistakes, you've already lost. And I think that this is one reason why Gary is able to put out so much content because he does not spend time dwelling on perfection. He understands who he is and you see exactly who he is with all of his posts. Everything he puts out is who he is. He's not trying to be somebody he's not. And because of all of this, he's able to work faster and put out way more content than most of us possibly could. He also has a whole team that walks around recording him and trans creating content out of these recordings, but that's a different story. He is who he is and he's not afraid to show it. He encourages people to be aware of who they are and to accept their weaknesses. He says, what works for one person doesn't work for everyone. I want people to learn to be at peace with themselves, to understand what they can offer because everyone's got something. The key, however, is learning how to find it. Know your weaknesses, know your strengths. Then use your strengths to work around your weaknesses. Don't dwell on your weaknesses. We used to use this a lot when I was a sales trainer. We worked with sales organizations to help them find and retain the best salespeople. And one of the things that we always talked about was to know your weak or to know your weaknesses, but then to also understand what strengths you use to compensate for those weaknesses. If you don't like to read, do you listen to podcasts? How do, what are other ways that you can learn and grow without having to open a book? If you are somebody who is maybe more introverted, who doesn't like to stand up in front of a group and talk, is it because you're shy or introverted or is it because you need that time to prep? Maybe you compensate for your inability or lack of desire to stand up and speak off the cuff by planning in advance 
so that you have a prepared speech that you can give. Or maybe you don't stand up and talk in front of groups, but you spend your energy podcasting or blogging where you have time for preparation and you're not having to speak off the cuff. Know your weaknesses, know your strengths. Then use your strengths to work around your weaknesses. Don't dwell on the weaknesses. We used to use this when I worked as a sales trainer. We would work with sales organizations to help them find and retain the best salespeople. And we always taught them to maximize their weaknesses and down or maximize their strengths and downplay their weaknesses and really to spend more time building up their strengths and not spend as much time building up their weaknesses. And then balance that with your 20 seconds of extreme bravery and try something new or bold, something you've dreamed of that might be slightly out of your comfort zone. Don't dwell on those things that are perceived weaknesses. Focus on what you're good at. Dale Carnegie said, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Go out and get busy. And I love how that quote combines with the 20 seconds of extreme courage. Put those two together, and I think you have a great recipe for getting out there and getting busy, getting out there and doing what your heart tells you you need to be doing. Learn to be comfortable in your own skin. I have a few tips for you here to close out where we're going with this. Learn to be comfortable in your own skin. Learn to face your fears. Do your homework and learn what your crazy outlandish idea takes. Then get organized if that's what you need. But don't let your fear turn you into a procrastinator either. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of person who spends all their time researching and reading and planning and learning rather than getting out there and doing. Face your fears, come up with a plan, and then get out there and get to work. Surround yourself with positive people. I think that this is a big one to help us get outside of our comfort zone, to help us take that 20 seconds of bravery and do something that we didn't think we could do. Surround yourself with positive people. You've probably heard that we become the five people that we spend the most time around. Who are your five people? Can you list them? Who do you spend the most time with? What kind of attitude do they have? Do they build you up? Or do you leave every encounter with them feeling like they've sucked all the energy out of you? Do they say things that make you doubt yourself? Or do they encourage you? If you don't have positive people in your life, start swapping out your friends. Upgrade the type of people you spend time with. Listen to podcasts. Seek out positive quotes. Listen to positive songs. Whatever it is for you that fills your brain with positivity and optimism and possibility, put yourself in that environment. Put yourself in an environment that reminds you always that you are enough and you can make your own dreams come true. Sometimes we get overwhelmed and it's a good idea to have people who believe in us, who can, we can talk to. And sometimes we just need quiet time so that we can wind down. Getting rest, taking care to exercise, taking time to relax. These things are important when it comes to self-care. 
and they help us gain the perspective that we need so that we can act on that 20 seconds of insane courage when the opportunity arises. Reading, writing, meditating, yoga, a hot bath, whatever your jam is, make the time to have downtime so that you can recharge. This is going to help you in those times when you need to find your courage. Also have plans and dreams and goals for the future, but don't be so fixated on what lies ahead that you forget to live in the now. Sometimes we need to focus on just one teeny tiny baby step, that one that's right in front of us right now, knowing that it gets us one step closer to our goal. Sometimes looking at that whole mountain is too much for us to think about climbing the whole mountain. So we need to put our nose down and think one step at a time and not worry about what comes next, not looking too far into the future, too far ahead of where we are right now. Don't let the size of a project overwhelm you to the point that you get overwhelmed and quit. Also, be you. Show the world who you are. Live with honesty and integrity. Be kind. Show compassion. If you are doing your best to be a good person, nothing else matters, and especially not what other people think about you. I would love to hear your thoughts about today's episode. Post in the group or on Instagram. Message me. Send me an email at powerofrun at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you. I would love your thoughts about this or anything else that is on your mind. Let me know how you will show your 20 seconds of extreme bravery this week. And I also would love to hear what you are enough means to you. One more thing before I close. I am gearing up for the end of the year. Can you believe that we are now already in the last week of October? Next week, I am going to talk to you about the power of one. When I named my company Power of Run, I chose that name because it was a play on the phrase power of one. One person can make a difference in the world. One thought, one action can change a life. Next week, I'll talk to you about how you can use that same thought in your own life, one minute at a time, to begin making changes that will transform your life. Have a great week, and thanks for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.